It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, let's get it. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here every day for the Locked on LSU podcast. Uh, Ed Ogeron meets with the media ahead of the Texas A&M game. Heather Dinich of ESPN talks some college football playoff scenarios and more a national award list. This time the finalists lists are out. We'll discuss uh, over the next 20 minutes or so. I'm glad to have you hanging out with us here. Uh, but uh, it is worth noting today, uh, as good as LSU is about pumping out content and have become about pumping out content on social media. Uh, Today, LSU's Twitter released a hype video for Joe Burrow having the SI cover, and I love it, by the way. I asked Ed Ogeron on Monday at his weekly press luncheon about campaigning for the Heisman Trophy, and he said he was for it. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it. As much as we can do for Joe, I'm for it. Uh, We don't do it inside the meeting room, but myself personally, I know in my heart he's the best player in the country. I think he ought to win it. I'm biased, but that's how I feel. Uh, It's going to be great for the university. It'll be great for Joe. He deserves it. And the best thing about Joe, he don't want to talk about it. He just wants to talk about the next game. So he's a very unselfish player, but very deserving of the award. And Joe Burrow's Heisman's odds, uh, his lead lengthened over Justin Fields after this weekend, which was great to see. But if you've not done so yet, get to uh, SI.com or go pick up a copy of Sports Illustrated. The headline, Joe Burrow's remarkable rise has been beyond even his wildest dreams. It's written by Ross Dellinger, formerly of The Advocate, now with Sports Illustrated. But Ross can't seem to quit uh, LSU, even though he lives in D.C. now and is a national college football writer. But LSU, of course, has been maybe the central story in college football this year. And that's not even just me, local sports talk, LSU radio guy saying it. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet is quoted in the uh, SI article, and the quote reads, it's been the greatest story in college football, quoting Kirk Herbstreet, who's known Burrow since he was a teenager. So, of course, uh, his ties to the Ohio State program, um, it's – 
it's really cool to see Burrow on the cover of SI and getting all the accolades he deserves because, as we've talked about a lot, he's going to finish the season as the single greatest passer, single season passer in the history of the Southeastern Conference, and that in and of itself is a mouthful and a mighty statement. Burrow did meet with the media on Monday um, after practice and uh, talked about his time here at LSU and the impact that the LSU community has made on him and his family. Yeah, so we were actually talking about that this weekend. And, I mean, I, every single weekend I just hear stories of – so I had some of my best friends from high school, their parents came um, this weekend, and they were just like – People were just thanking us for for sending for sending me down here, and I mean the the reception that not only myself but my parents get is just unreal. And I hear stories every weekend of, of how great the fans are to my to my family. I'm I couldn't be more appreciative of this of this fan base in this place. And Burrow also wishes what I think everyone wishes that he could somehow find a way to get another year of eligibility. You're a high draft pick projected, but do you wish you had one more year here? Of course I do. You know, this place is super special. I, I went up to our um, trainer and I said, you, you guys find me a sixth year, you know, I'm coming back. I, I unfortunately was not able to find that sixth year, so this will, this will be the last one. And Saturday against Texas A&M will be senior day, and you better believe Joe Burrow will receive a raucous ovation. It's, um, it's rare that you have uh, a senior that so clearly stands out amid his class on senior day. I remember Kevin Falk on senior day in 1998, receiving an amazing ovation. Same for Glenn Dorsey, Jacob Hester, Matt Flynn in 2007. Uh, so many times that the best players never go through senior day because they leave before their eligibility is up. So especially just in the, the modern era of college football, it's rare that the best players stay through their senior year. But it'll be a special moment for Joe and for LSU fans on Saturday with, uh, with it being senior day. And look, it's something that uh, obviously defending Joe Burrow is something Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies are very aware of as Fisher discussed during his Monday press availability. I'm sure he's much more comfortable in what they do. I don't. I guess they've changed some of their scheme schematic. I don't know the inner workings or, or how they do it or if they've just gotten better at it. I don't know. But I'm sure he's much more comfortable, much more comfortable being in Baton Rouge. You can remember, he's a guy who moved all the way across the country from Ohio to Louisiana and had to make adjustments. That's People don't, you don't take into account how, how that affects guys. And I'm sure he's more comfortable there. He's better there. Uh, they say he's, you know, he's obviously the leader of that team, and you can see it. I mean, I, I think the guy's playing outstanding football. I think he's playing as good as any quarterback I've seen in a long, long time. So we know Joe Burrow will be there Saturday for LSU against Texas A&M. Uh, Ed Ogeron also gave an update on Grant Delpit, who missed the game this past weekend, obviously against Arkansas. Uh, Grant is full speed. I just talked to Jack. Uh, he's going to work out today. He's going to practice every day this week. I think the rest help. So Ed Ogeron says Delpit is full speed. Let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Grant Delpit met with the media on Monday and updated his health. I felt pretty good today. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say you know exactly 100%, but I was getting there. I think by the end of the week I should be at 100%. You know, I felt good getting back out there. You know, it's, it's tough. You know, losing reps. Uh, you know, missing practices. You know, I hate it. You know, I hate being away. But try to rest it last week and then see how it feels. You know, the rest of the week. Certainly doesn't sound like a guy that's 100%, but it does sound like a guy that's going to give it a go this week against Texas A&M in Tiger Stadium. And what for Grant Delpit is most certainly going to be his last opportunity to play in Tiger Stadium as Delpit's a projected first-round draft pick and will very likely be foregoing his senior season. Now, Ed Ogeron did also talk 
about the day that Maurice Hampton had. He was named SEC Freshman of the Week for his role as a starter against Arkansas this past weekend where he had six tackles in his first start of his career. Here's what Ed Ogeron said after seeing career. Here's what Ed Ogeron said after seeing I like, I like what, the way Mo played. I think that he did some really good things. Uh, the first play was the same play that Ole Miss ran against it. He made a tackle, which was a, a nice tackle, saved, uh, for, for, saved it from making a big play. And one more from Ogeron's Monday availability. It's the status of Sadiq Charles, the starting left tackle, who's been sort of on again, off again this year because of coaches' decisions. But it sounds like uh, Sadiq is going to be good to go this week. Well, first of all, you know you have you have things that occur, and you have you have to make make uh, you have to make a plan. We don't blink, uh, whatever it is. And uh, Sadiq's available this game. Uh, that's all I can say right now. I know I know for sure he's going to be available this game, and hopefully he's available the rest of the season. But uh, we've got to take that one game at a time. Uh, so we managed the roster. I think Coach Craig has done a tremendous job. Uh, we didn't blink. Darrell Rosenthal's come in and played well for us. Uh, Bedard Traor has been, played well for us. Adrian McGee. So those guys have come in and played well. So I just got to give the credit to Coach James Craig. LSU and the Aggies, 6 o'clock from Tiger Stadium on Saturday and what will be senior day in the final game of this 2019 season inside of Death Valley. It is the Locked on LSU podcast. Now, this game and every game heretofore will obviously impact the college football playoff ranking. Uh, Heather Dinich, ESPN's college football playoff reporter, went through some of those scenarios with us. You'll hear that momentarily. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Tonight, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee will release its newest set of rankings. I had the chance to visit with Heather Dinich of ESPN, who is ESPN's college football playoff uh, reporter. Her job professionally is cover the college football playoff, know everything about it, the committee, the process, everything. And so she was good enough to spend some time with me on Monday, and we went through every scenario possible. So this should answer all of your college football playoff questions. And we started with whether or not Ohio State did enough with their win over Penn State to leapfrog LSU. I would be surprised if that happened. Okay. Um, the 11-point win was their smallest margin of victory and three fumbles. Um, it wasn't a flawless game, but at the same time, it was the first time they were tested, and they still came away with a win against a top-10 opponent, right? So I, I think if it were to happen, it would be this week because that was their highest-ranked opponent. I just, it wasn't a flawless, convincing win. And on the flip side, LSU didn't do anything to lose its spot, if that makes sense. It does. A, a follow-up on Ohio State. How, is there anything they could do against Michigan, theoretically, this week that could allow them to pass LSU? If they go on the road and they beat Michigan the way they did Wisconsin in the 2014 Big Ten Championship game, then yes, probably. Especially if that's coupled with LSU struggling against the Aggies, because that's a home game, right? Yeah. If if um, Ohio State goes on the road and significantly just manhandles a top-20 team, 
then maybe, yeah, you could see that because it's it's clear that Ohio State is one of the most complete teams in the country um, defensively as well. And you saw what Chase Young did in that game. And before he was suspended, Selection Committee Chair Rob Mullins actually called out Chase Young and said one of the reasons was they have, quote, the best defensive player in the country. Mm. So they're watching them from top to bottom. And it's possible, but... But again, I think that would have to be exactly what happens. A big win coupled with LSU struggling at home. Uh, Heather Dinich is with us on Twitter at CFB. Heather, of course, Oregon losing really shook things up. Does, does Oregon's loss, or how does Oregon's loss potentially impact Utah in that the Pac-12 championship game now isn't going to be the six versus seven game like we thought it might be? Right. That's the biggest thing is how far does Oregon drop in the committee's rankings on Tuesday night? I was surprised, honestly, to see that the AP poll had them all the way down at 14th, I think it was. And if they fall out of the committee's top 10, that's important because Utah could certainly use a top 10 win to go along with that conference championship in order to win a debate against whether it's an Alabama, a second Big Ten team, or a second SEC team. Heather, we kind of keep having this discussion about the the one-loss conference champion from either the Pac-12 or the Big 12. But the committee, just watching what they've done, it doesn't sit, well, they just don't have a tremendous amount of respect for the Big 12 right now. Why? Well, couple of reasons. One is Baylor's non-conference schedule. Selection Committee Chair Rob Mullen mentioned that on the last week's teleconference. He said those three opponents have combined for seven wins. Right. <laughs> and that's that's a sticking point within the committee. Strength of schedule matters. And plus, when you look at what they've done, they've struggled against lesser competition. They needed three overtimes to beat TCU. I think it was double overtime against Texas Tech. Um, so Baylor hasn't been a top 10 team in the eyes of the committee, which leads me to believe even if they were to win the big 12, why would that catapult them from 13 or 14 or whatever they might be this week into the top four? That seems like a little bit of a, a stretch to make that jump. And then Oklahoma is the same way and it's unconvincing wins and half to half the way they've played. Um, I, I think that that's a, a big deal and the committee has noticed Oklahoma's defense regressed. Is there a path for let either Oklahoma or Baylor to leapfrog Utah? For either Oklahoma or Baylor to leapfrog Utah. Um, yes, absolutely. W- with, uh, without a Utah, if, without a Utah loss, let me clarify that. Okay, without a Utah loss, um, that's a little trickier. I think. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's for Baylor to do it, maybe Oklahoma. If Oklahoma wins against Oklahoma State, that's a top 25 win. They would have another top 25 win against Baylor if they look good in the process. And then, you know, Utah maybe struggles. But you've got to eliminate the other contenders, too. Alabama's still sitting there. That's the X factor. Oh, we were getting there. Uh, being, <laughs> Heather, being that we're on in Baton Rouge, you don't think this is the entire genesis of this conversation is how in the hell do we get Alabama out? So I see, I see you're working around the yeah. back door, right? Oh, I was, I was, I was working, I was working my way up. Um, okay, so then let's go there. So if the committee is looking at either a one-loss Oklahoma, a one-loss Utah as conference champions, or one-loss Alabama. 
I've heard you say this, and so I'll let I'll let you elaborate, but the committee has never left out a one-loss conference champion in favor of a one-loss non-champion. So why would, theoretically, this be any different with this Alabama team, which is going to be a non-champion? I don't know that it would be different with Alabama. That's the thing. This, this question, we've been talking about this all week on ESPN, and the truth is it's really hard to answer without seeing Mac Jones against ranked competition. That's why Alabama is probably going to stay there at number five because the committee and everybody else in the country watching Alabama has no idea what he's going to look like against Auburn's defense, against some legitimate pressure because we've seen him against the 2-8 Arkansas team, and now we saw him last week against Western Carolina. Well, so what? <laughs> they, he's got to go, and he's got to beat a ranked Auburn team. And, yes, he's surrounded by a talented cast of characters. But at the same time, it goes back to the committee's protocol, and people forget that. If you are not a conference champion, which Alabama will not be, you have to be, quote, unequivocally one of the four best teams in the country. And Alabama has to prove that against a three-loss Auburn team. And if they beat Auburn, then it's a four-loss Auburn team. So what does that mean in the eyes of the committee? I mean, it, it, then they have to, if they don't think that Alabama is no doubt heads and shoulders above all those other Power Five conference champions that we're talking about, then the tiebreakers come into play. Strength of schedule, head-to-head competition, common opponents, and conference championship games. Um, and that's why I think Utah might not be getting enough credit in the court of public opinion because they would have a win against, we'll see, back to the original question, what could be a top 10 Oregon team. Uh, she is Heather Dinich on Twitter at CFB Heather. Uh, the, the last, and this is the last thing that's giving some LSU fans, not some, really all anxiety, is, okay, let's say Ohio State goes and beats Michigan and then wins the Big Ten. LSU beats Texas A&M and then beats Georgia. Isn't LSU's body of work, albeit much of the hay in the barn by November the 9th when they beat Alabama, like, isn't that body of work enough to keep them at one, or would the committee become sort of enamored with Ohio State because of what they've done in the last month? Well, see, that's why I think this weekend was the best chance for Oklahoma to do, or excuse me, Ohio State to jump them if it's going to happen, because I don't see it happening after the conference championship games, because LSU sitting there with a chance to beat the number four team in the eyes of the committee. Ohio State, meanwhile, and don't forget, they could be playing two-loss Wisconsin. That's a storyline not a lot of people are talking about right now, and it's very important because Wisconsin is actually favored by ESPN's football power index to beat Minnesota. Hmm. If Ohio State is playing Wisconsin, I, I would doubt that it jumps LSU given the opponents, right? And here's the other thing to think about. Wisconsin is a two-loss team that lost to Ohio State during the regular season. You know how hard it is to beat a team twice, right? right? Wisconsin also lost to Illinois, which is a terrible loss. What if they beat Ohio State? you got a two-loss Wisconsin team with an ugly loss to Illinois that split with the Buckeyes. It wouldn't surprise me if they put Ohio State in of the big, ahead of the Big Ten champs. <laughs> well, you still think Ohio State would get in? If That's they, if what they, I'm saying. That would be it would be a controversial decision. Very mm. controversial. But you can justify it yeah. because Wisconsin would have two losses, Ohio State would have one, split with the Big Ten champs, and Wisconsin sitting there with that terrible Illinois loss. <sighs> so that's a great point. Heather, you know what it's, it's I just thought I went right back to twenty fourteen. 
where the committee had TCU two, but they couldn't put TCU in over Baylor because <laughs> Baylor had beaten TCU. So they said, ah, screw it. Get out of here. We'll just put the Big Ten team in there. This is 159 nothing. Like, may, may, maybe that's Bama's in. Maybe that's their in. Maybe it is. I mean, that would be really hard. That would be really hard for the committee. But the thing about it is not so far-fetched because it all starts with Wisconsin beating Minnesota. Yeah. You mean to tell me that can't happen? No, for sure. <laughs> If you want to hear the entire conversation with Heather or any of our interviews, 1045ESPN.com. Click On Demand after further review, and there we are. Uh, Locked on LSU is brought to you in part by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Wrapping up another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. One quick note as we get on out of here, of course, uh, Tuesday LSU will practice. There will be some player availability. No SEC coaches teleconference on Wednesday. Uh, so, And Ed Ogeron will have his coaches show, though, Wednesday night. So a little bit of limited availability this week with uh, the holiday, obviously. But one thing we did learn is that three members of the LSU football team have been named finalists for national awards. So on Thursday, December 12th, the ESPN uh, Home Depot ESPN College Football Award Show will take place in Orlando. And um, I'm sorry, they moved it from Orlando to Atlanta. It's at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, forgive me. It used to be down in Orlando. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Grant Delpit, all finalists for national awards. So Burrow is a finalist for the Maxwell, which goes to the College Player of the Year, which he will have a fantastic chance of winning that award. He's also been named a finalist for the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Award, going to the nation's best quarterback. I would be fall out of my chair stunned if Joe Burrow did not win the Davey O'Brien Award. Uh, And then Grant Delpit is a finalist for the Thorpe Award, which goes to the nation's best defensive back, something that uh, both... um, Uh, Patrick Peterson and Morris Claiborne have won representing LSU and quite honestly Delpit should have won a year ago but so often we see it where you have to have the great season to then win the award in the next year which is backwards but uh, that might be how it goes this year for Grant Delpit where he was the best defensive player in college football a year ago and he might just win that award this year despite not having as dominant a season this year as he did a season ago uh, and then Jamar Chase is a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award, which goes to the best receiver in college football. And I do think that um, that Jamar Chase has a phenomenal chance of winning the Bolitnikoff Award. Um, it, it, I will be curious to see how that goes, but it's C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, it's Michael Pittman Jr. from USC, and then Jamar Chase. Uh, 
each of their statistics when they stack up side by side by side uh, each has different areas where where they lead uh for example you know chase has um on the season 1260 yards on 63 catches but 15 touchdowns uh Pittman has 95 catches which is more than the other two. He's right behind Chase with 1,222 receiving yards, and he's four touchdowns behind Chase. And then Lamb, uh, 14 touchdowns, one fewer than Chase, 999 yards, fewer than, you know, 200 yards, 300 yards ish, fewer than Chase. And then 46 receptions, obviously the fewest. CeeDee Lamb statistically has, ha- has had the least of the three seasons, but he's also played. Uh, in ten in just ten games, he missed a game uh, so far already this year for uh, for Oklahoma due to injury. But again, he's the guy on the list who was the known commodity coming into this season. So does that potentially benefit a guy like Lamb, being that he had the name recognition coming into the season, similar to how Grant Delpit did? It sucks to say it this way because of a lot of a lot of it's political, and there's way more that goes into these awards than just who was the best on the field this year. Because if that were the case, Jamar Chase would win that award, and Joe Burrow would win his, and Delpit I don't think would win the the Thorpe because he hasn't been the best defensive back in college football this year. But when you look at his body of work from a year ago, the name recognition, he will probably garner a lot of attention from people who haven't locked into every LSU game, just understanding that. He's Grant Delpit, and if all you did was watch LSU play Auburn and Florida and Alabama, Grant Delpit was great in those games in his strong safety role. So there's probably a lot of people uh, you know, nationally who did not see Grant Delpit play games, didn't see the game he missed against Arkansas, didn't watch the game against Vanderbilt, but you know have seen Delpit in big games this year uh, flash the way he has. So, uh, and of course, Ed Ogeron's up for every major national coach of the year award and should win all of them, uh, whatever's available to win, because he's had an outstanding year. So uh, it's going to be a fun December for LSU as they'll rack up a lot of hardware and outside of Tiger Stadium and in the monuments in and around uh, the entrance to Tiger Stadium and, and at the Football Operations Center. LSU's going to have to go uh, undergo some more construction to add some of these new names uh, to the list of national award winners, and justifiably so, because it's been that kind of season. Uh, we'll certainly count you down to that, and tomorrow we'll begin to, uh, focusing in a little more on Texas A&M and LSU's game against the Aggies, and we will have a show on Thursday as well, trying to work out a crossover episode with Locked on Aggies, so we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, have a great rest of your Tuesday. This is Locked on LSU, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.